0: Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas,
1: thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts James Nagus and Drew Phillips.
0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Complete Musician Podcast. This is a continuation episode from the last one that came before this, which is an interview with Dr. Anne-Marie Cherry, who is the horn professor at Columbus State University. Uh, we're talking about a teaching mini-series I did over the past few The Complete Musician Podcast uh, episodes where James wasn't here. And we're just talking about the topics. We've discussed three topics already, and that episode kind of started to get long, and we have a few more to talk about. So I'm picking up the episode right where we left off, so if you haven't listened to the previous episode to know what we're talking about, go and give that a listen. She has so many amazing pedagogical ideas, and we talk about so much that I think you'll be missing out if you don't listen to what we've already gone over. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and here's the rest of that episode. Uh, let's move on to yeah. talking about assessment and feedback.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, my first thought you were talking about written assessment. Yeah. Um, I use written assessment in the form of program notes and concert reviews sometimes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I'm a big believer in helping students find their authentic voice. Like no one wants to read program notes that read like a really bad music history essay. Right. Um, right. And so like helping them find their way to talk about music that still feels like them. But you're right. Like what we do is not the same kind of written assessment as like a theory class or an English class. Right. Um, but I think it's important. Um, I wondered what you thought about like feedback, including questions.
0: Um, can you be more specific?
1: Yeah, 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 I guess this probably goes back to, I had just listened to that, like, ask the second question podcast, Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. but
1: like the idea of when they risk something and they fail it, right? Like they take a big chance,
0: uh-huh. um, which happens they- a lot.
1: <laughs> right yeah i mean like we play the horn we're like acrobats
0: right um
1: but to be able to be like okay what felt really good about that instead of you telling me what was good about it being like what was yeah. good about that what felt different like
0: i, I do that yes i i yeah. I, I do that um a, and actually my uh the ta that is teaching at liberty right now last mm. or two weeks ago or something he taught lessons and he did that uh with the students he said like tell me something you really liked about that or, yeah like, what did you really like and i was like that's a really good thing to do yes yes, yes well, when it. you
1: talk about that in a different episode like people assessing the things they do well and i think that's yeah. hugely important i don't remember what episode that is but yeah. yes i always when i meet a new student i'm like tell me something you love about how you play the horn and they yes. look at me with a blank stare. And, and I'm like, like, oh, like, no, it's <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, no, it's okay to know that you're good at things. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought about, uh, we're going back to learning styles with this thought. The idea of a variety of feedback. Uh-huh. Um, so like the students who are really tied into how it feels to play the horn or like mm. are kinesthetic learners. Okay. Like if you modify the feedback to be like, you know, okay, well, does it feel easier or do you remember how that feels versus how it sounds i've been exploring with my students a lot this week um a term that fergus mcwilliams uses in his book called being horn blind where like he he talks about the amount of nerves that it takes to like in your fingertips and in your lips um, yeah i remember yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. and how like effectively your brain is overloaded with those sensations and it's really hard to to hear other things right like so the idea of trusting your kinesthetic learning be like you've been doing this a million times I will sometimes say to a student like you've been playing that note since sixth grade stop (laughs) thinking about it yeah like just you know think about what it sounds like or think about how it feels don't you know that is
0: so interesting because I feel like a lot of my instruction has been and maybe it's just been me um getting used to doing some kind of technical whatever but I think a lot of my instruction has been it doesn't matter what it feels like mm. so it only matters how it sounds so is that uncomfortable too bad it sounds good who cares right and so I think that has actually affected me a little bit not yeah. in a negative way but like yeah I think I go towards that more and maybe Absolutely. I need to include more of the kinesthetic thing of like does this feel I mean of course like high C's are never going to feel good like right. and, and then i I think I was experiencing experiencing this mostly when I was really working on beefing up my low range Yeah. Um, because, you know, pulling the corners down and really yeah. flexing the chin down. And I think my teacher, uh, I think she said, like, it's not comfortable. Right. Like, that is not super comfortable. And I get and you could get really fatigued and tired while you're doing this. Mm, and so yeah. playing down there and doing the athletic things that low horn players have to do, yeah. not comfortable. But it sounds good. So you have to kind of get over it. And so I'm wondering right. how much of that I need to include in my lessons, because I generally stay away from that. Like, how does it feel? Because well, I'm and like, that's, it sounds good. Who cares?
1: Well, right. For my so my interest with how does it feel is is it a feeling they can duplicate later?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So like if okay, they're yeah.
1: sitting in if they're sitting in rehearsal and all of a sudden their low horn isn't happening and then they have like a mental inventory of like, well, does it feel the same?
0: Uh, yeah I, you like, know like, like practice room. yeah yeah
1: right um because that to me so low horn is a great analogy my face doesn't want to play low i have to like
0: um, coax
1: it and bribe it into playing low uh,
0: you've met me so, but... <laughs>
1: yeah we're i get it yeah so i for me learning to play low was entirely about accepting the fact that it felt totally different from the rest of my setup it didn't yeah. sort of look different yeah. It just felt different. Yeah. Um, and that I had to lean into that and embrace that it was a different feeling. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of sometimes what I'm going. But also I think that sometimes I want to ask them how it feels. Because when you ask someone how it feels, they're less likely to say that was bad. Right. They're more likely going to focus on the, you know. And so I, I try to avoid letting my students build a narrative of, well, I'm bad at this. Right. Or that was the worst that's ever going to sound it, you know, or like whatever, something like that. I want them to always be like, well, it didn't feel great. Or it felt like I was overworking this or yes. I was, you know, more conscious of this. But I will say, I do spend a lot of time asking students like, well, how did it sound? Like, it's not that I don't ask them that question. I think that's hugely important. Um, and this actually is a thing that I wrote down, which was like the only, the last thing I wrote down about this episode was, making your why clear, um, like w h y in quotes. Um, like I'm having a big discussion with a lot of my students about B flat horn right now. Right. Um, and it's not that I'm not an advocate of using it, but I always tell them, I don't want to be able to know if I my eyes are closed, mm, which right. side of the horn you're on.
0: Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yep.
1: Yeah. And so being able to be like, I'm asking you to consider new fingering because you're not achieving the sound that we want or it's less resonant or like tying it back into something that isn't just, well, it feels easier because I agree with you. There are times that you're choosing a thing that feels less comfortable to achieve the thing that you want. Yeah. Um, which is just, I mean, like being a horn player is being professionally uncomfortable, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, I thought that that was a great, I mean, you have a very methodical and well-earned approach to feedback that I think is great. Um, I think that a lot of private lesson teachers, especially are guilty of just wanting it to be good enough and being like, yep, that's done. And not giving students feedback that helps them duplicate that. So I love this. I was like, that's great because they need that kind of feedback. So thank you for enumerating those many things. That's great. uh,
0: You're welcome. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, all right. Uh, then the next one was sequencing.
1: Yes. So we have Sequencing. Um, okay, I have to read my handwriting
0: here. <laughs> Talked about uh, goal accomplishment. Yes. I'm sure that everything's organic. That was the big one. Like an organic yeah. path that, that goes back to fundamentals as a natural solution. Not like this one.
1: No, I thought that was great. Um, so here, maybe you can help me decipher this. Because here's yeah. what I literally wrote. <laughs> Improv slash troubleshooting can be helpful. Squiggle demonstrates creative problem solving. So, like, clearly I was agreeing with something you said. Oh, 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 I get what I'm saying. Okay. This is, I've slept since then, so who knows. Um, <laughs> that you talked about, like, using improv and, and troubleshooting. I think that's great because when we are our own teachers, like, when we're done with school or over the summer or whatever time, there's going to be that moment where our teacher is not there to be, like, here's how you need to practice.
0: right. Oh, yeah. And what
1: I love about the idea of using improv or, like, taking a step out of a thing they're doing and, like, making a derivative of exercise out of it is that it shows them what it looks like to be creative in your problem solving. Instead yeah. of being like, well, I do this routine because I always do this routine. To be like, well, clearly this, whether it's solo, excerpt, etude, doesn't matter. This thing I'm working on is illustrating a gap in what I'm doing. And so I'm going to pivot and be creative about approaching it. Um and so I love that is I think what that was all about. Yep. Um and then uh oh like having having guideposts, like again, you are so detail oriented and I laud you for it, I applaud you for it. Hey. Um I'm the sort of person who will like start a bullet journal and be obsessive for two days and then like get guilty and not look at it <laughs> for two months. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: So if I'm hyper detailed, I don't do well and I just have to know so huh. like I always have guide. So, like, this is really easy if you're lucky enough to have a studio class, right? So, like, if I know that my students have a mock audition at the end of the month, then I know that, like, three weeks before that, I want them to feel like they have covered all of their excerpts with me in a lesson. And the last three weeks are just polishing, right? Right. Or a jury or whatever. So, having guideposts along the way of, like, at this point, we should have covered all of the excerpts. Right. But even if each lesson looks really different, because maybe we have to go way out in the weeds for one of these etudes or excerpts to talk about something. And maybe another one goes by really, really fast. Or maybe it's the same issue. So I I tend to function in this kind of like floatier guidepost system.
0: I like well, you know, yours is such it's long spanning. You're about the long goal.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, because if I, I can get really negatively obsessive about short-term goals oh, okay. um, in a way that can feel not empowering to students because <laughs> okay. I will okay. tend to be a perfectionist and be like well it's not yes. there yet you know right. so if I can't if I can't find a way to disengage and be like that's a work in progress you know the work you need to do bring it back in a couple weeks when you feel like it's ready but let's next week focus on the ones we didn't talk about today right. but that's again about knowing yourself like right. I never want to beat my students down with my perfectionism to the point that they feel like it's never going to be good enough for me right because that's different than me saying like yeah there's always going to be something to work on like right. i always tell my students like excerpts live with us forever i'm never going to be done with Unheld and Waven. never right never. it's just or the live long with call me
0: or right. dust gold whatever it never any will be of done. them right, right.
1: um cuz you get to a point and then all of a sudden you realize a thing that you were doing that you didn't know you were doing and it's just continually unlocking. I mean, I'm not a video game player, but I feel like video games work that way, where like you beat a level and there's an Easter egg that you didn't know was there, and it like unlocks things. Am I wrong? You're, I don't you're know. You're
0: talking to the video game masters here. I, well, I thought you were James, because he right, is... Right, because
1: I talked about video so games. So
0: what you said was exactly right. So yes! you, must, you must know that video games.
1: That was fake it till you make it, my friends. All of my students <laughs> are obsessed with video games, so I'm trying to learn the lingo. I'm oh, trying to yeah. learn their vocab.
0: Well, we'll tell it. Was- I don't worry about it we, yeah, great. we got
1: you perfect anyways but so i think sequencing is really important and that as a teacher you need to understand yourself and how how you are accountable the best whether it's like short-term goals long-term goals big picture small picture um that all of those are valid but that you have to know how effective you can be yourself if that makes any sense
0: absolutely makes sense cool. great okay uh-huh. um.
1: Expectations, is that what we're on? Is it the last one? Yeah, there's
0: the bonus episode talking <gasps> about expectations.
1: Oh man. Yes. Okay, so this I love because I feel like this is the big piece. This is the magic piece in building
0: trust with your students. Yes.
1: Um, and so I think I mean we could have spent a whole other hour on this topic, but
0: great. and we are at the hour mark. It's great.
1: Oh no, I'm sorry everyone.
0: <laughs> I babble.
1: <laughs> um so okay so some people have like an elaborate teaching philosophy and I don't because again, general frameworks is where my brain works. Yeah. Um, but one thing I was thinking about this with the expectations is how many times I phrase things as like paired expectations. Hmm. Um, so like it's my expectation of them that they will bring considered musical opinions to their lesson, which implies Hmm. that they've like listened and done work and whatever, but that they have the right to expect of me. Therefore that I will be open and patient to their opinions yeah um and that it's like dualities that exist together right like that for every expectation i have of them they have the right to have an expectation in reverse of
0: me or in complement to me and and this reminds me of the i I can't remember what is is it doug hill's creative wanderings is that the Mm. book that talks about that talks about the respondable teacher and yes is that the book um
1: it's uh, is it is it
0: not creative wonders it's or no. thoughts and collected teaching yes. that's what it is yes
1: that's the one and the, yes that's, that's exactly right that's exactly okay. what a lot of this is rooted in is this idea of being the responsible teacher and responsible student? um because my expectation is always that they're going to try and do the work not that they're there yet but that i see that they've done
0: the work right.
1: um and, and it's that,
0: so hard with students who, who come to you for different reasons right. i mean that's so difficult.
1: Yes, deal. absolutely. Um, one of the re- expectations I've been mulling over that they are allowed to have of me, or I have a list of the ones that I feel like are fair. I don't know if yeah. that's helpful. Yes. That what, what my students can expect of me is that I will be open, patient, and compassionate.
0: Mm-hmm. Patient
1: and compassionate. Um, that I will create room for us to have inquiry together. Um, that this is not just I have all the answers, but like that they're going to come in and, and maybe they have... Like if a student wants to win a job in a European orchestra or something and they have a real passion for, or if they have a real passion for composing all their own music, like maybe they're not interested in, in whatever else, that I will create room for that
0: yeah. while still
1: having long-term goals, but that I recognize who they are as an individual. Right. And I was very lucky to have a teacher like that. Pat Hughes is the epitome of that to me. Right. Um, and that's a lot of where this comes from. Like he was incredibly patient with me and let me just kind of find my way while always holding me to a high standard of whatever yes. my goals were at that moment.
0: I also and, had the same kind of training and the same yeah. kind of teachers. So you just let me come in and say, this yep. is what I want to work on because yep. this is what I want to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think yep. that's hugely powerful. Yeah. But the last one I've really been thinking about is that um, it's there. It should be their expectation of me that I will demonstrate excellence mm. and integrity in all of my interactions with them. Mm. Um, and that, that requires different things as me like um if i pick up the horn to model something but i don't approach it with integrity or excellence like if i don't if i phone it in they'll know Um, or if
0: i pick up my horn and like i'm gonna model this and bomb yes which like right
1: yeah but like then admitting it like the difference between pretending like that well that's how that goes
0: yeah or
1: being like well okay that wasn't ideal. Right. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what it means to be, it's so like, I, um, I just gave a recital literally this afternoon. Yes. Um, and one of my students came up to me afterwards and they're like, how do you feel? And I was like a mix of awesome and horrible. <laughs> because that was the honest answer. Like, I felt like I had to have integrity in that moment yes. and not pretend like the things that we all know didn't go well in that moment. I can't pretend like they didn't happen.
0: And I think, like you said, that's important that we are like that. I right. I don't ever want to be known as that person who's like, everything I do is the best ever. And that mm-hmm. you shall answer to me and that everything that falls out of the horn is beautiful. It's not. Or, yeah. and, and same thing with them. Like everything you do is not always awesome. And Correct. I am obligated as a teacher to tell you when that was not awesome. Right. And my students know, I, I try to be this way. I try to be... Um, critical but you're right in an empowering encouraging way so after a concert go up and you know say that was there were some really nice moments yes and that was there were some this is a specific moment that was really musical this you did uh, it was a really good uh i i don't know if i've ever told a student what i'm thinking like that was a good attempt <laughs> because that sounds really negative. It um, does but like, but
1: like I said, I, said a, to a st- good way
0: to say that yeah but... yeah
1: I said to a student recently like I love the passion that you brought to every they, note
0: you or like yeah.
1: you you really went for it and it, you it did moved your people best.
0: Oh, Yeah like
1: one. you went for it and that was powerful. I mean like yes. yeah, you missed some notes but the intent was there Yes. and I'm a big believer the audience will forgive chipped notes if they know where it was going you know
0: at all like no they don't care
1: only conductors care
0: um (laughs) but yeah and we care. we hear that's it yeah
1: i always tell students like your all of your cracked notes are like etched on your heart for all eternity um you remember them all and like mull them over but that's not very healthy
0: um
1: so the only the last thing i wrote down Was, I wrote yes and underlined it four times. So I very clearly agree with something that you said. So what I wrote down was yes to students identifying their own strengths. Yes. And then I wrote also owning their progress. Mm. So if a student can identify their strengths, that means that they can own it and they can also own what needs to get there. And I think that's hugely important because um it's really easy I think for students to feel disengaged from their own successes like well my Mm. teacher said this thing and that is what made the difference no it's not like we say things to students all the time but if they're not willing to own it and do the work then it's not going to happen right and we know that because all of us like there was that thing we wouldn't practice for forever like I always joke with people about how lip trills were my dark secret
0: for years
1: like I couldn't do (laughs) them
0: oh right until
1: a teacher like basically like this is ridiculous you I have, have to save
0: my life on literals that's he taught me at a literal it was him
1: really oh, it was him it was
0: that's awesome.
1: awesome i love this it little
0: triplet exercise love it yeah the one amazing. taught me a lip literal anyway yes i understand completely but yeah
1: so like giving them <laughs> and i guess it probably comes back to empowerment but it's it's all this kind of like loosely nebulously connected idea of like ownership and empowerment and um goal setting but that it's their journey and that you're helping them realize the things that need their attention like we just need to shift your attention here for a little bit because these other things are awesome and yep. we're going to celebrate that they're awesome but we're not just going to stay in the awesome place we're going to expand awesome outward to these things that are not going so well
0: it um, makes it so much less negative and yeah. such a focus on the positive which is so Yeah
1: important. which i think i mean horn players can go to dark places really quickly because our instruments Very mean good.
0: Um, so mean.
1: Yeah, but so I don't know. But I love that what you're saying about like making a student sit down and identify a thing you're good at. I think yeah. that's hugely important. Yeah. Um. So Drew, the moral of the story is I loved all the things that you said, and I love talking about this stuff yes. with other teachers. So oh, thank you fun. for letting me babble at you.
0: Oh, it was our pleasure my pleasure because james isn't here i mean you are james it was right
1: Mm -hmm. i'm eating a taco i'm not it
0: was great fantastic uh it was fantastic to talk about these things and we there should be many more talks between all teachers yes so many more talks because it is important for all of us to learn from each other and we all do things differently and Mm -hmm. it's all about you know in the uh very sandra bullock way of more musical world peace is what
1: yeah.
0: we want is just
1: yeah.
0: all of that um, but without the sarcasm it. and a gun That's just yes. we don't need that <laughs> uh, anyway uh well thank you so much for oh, thank you. being on here and talking about all of this because it was wonderful to hear all of your points and your point of view oh, and to you. make me question things because now my teaching will improve from just thinking about these things well it's America- awesome
1: yeah, like I said, I spent the entire week thinking about the things I heard on the podcast and being like, okay, how am I doing on these things? So this is great. Everyone go ask each other questions. That's Yay. The, that's the correct answer.
0: More inquisitive. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um... Yes, thank you so much for being here. Uh, This has been another episode of the Complete Musician Podcast. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at our email at coromodohorn at gmail.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review if you loved or hated this, either one. Uh, But because Amory is here, you will love it, obviously. Um, <laughs> or you'll hate uh, it
1: very strongly. Not other. at
0: all. Not at all. Uh, we have a Facebook page that we sometimes update, but you should go mm-hmm. like it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. All of these uh, are on YouTube, and again, we can be found on iTunes or I guess wherever your podcast can be found. Um, and I think that's uh, that's gonna wrap us up mm-hmm. uh, now. But thank you again for being here, uh, and we will we will be have more plans going on in the works with Cormodo and you Doctor and Sherry.
1: friendship and visits.
0: yes we are very yes. excited about that so me too thank you. yes so uh if you want to reach out please uh please do that we'd love to hear from you and uh we will be back soon with more content thank you for listening